Disclaimer. AFL players, coaches, and umpires are professionals. The hilarious remarks and nicknames said in this podcast are not intended to be offensive in any way. Listener discretion is advised. <laughs> Kiss your cousin. Kiss your cousin. Kiss him on the lips. All right, this is the Cousins AFL Fantasy Podcast. I'm Keebs, coach of the Super Subs. I'm here with my cousin, Jados. Coach of NFNL, KFKL, no Fife, no life, no Fife, no life. That is the end of round eight, Keebs. How'd you go? Phenomenal, mate. <laughs> you, I told yeah. you two weeks ago that the bounce back was on. The bounce back is still well and truly on. I've moved up 7K in the last two weeks. And I'm just, I'm feeling good, mate. I'm feeling phenomenal, mate. What about you? It's a thing of beauty, actually, what your team's done. It's, it's incredible stuff. Um, I'm doing okay. I'm, I'm happy about my super coach team. <laughs> this is not a super coach podcast, mate. <laughs> it will be. It will be by the end of this season. It will never be. It will be when I'm a top 100 finisher in SC. Like, I, I, what, do you, what do you actually rank now in SC? Like, just quickly. Low 4,000s. But, okay, just for some context, I was ranked... <laughs> like 75k like four rounds ago and i've stormed in about 70,000 spots mate it is a in weird four weeks it's a weird weird game sc crazy stuff but yeah um we're here to talk about afl fantasy the great um, game the great the game, yeah, game the great the greatest game we all have to concede that that is the truth um man it was such a crazy round hey yes it was <laughs> like just just I mean, we had a lot of high scores, but just weird things in general just happened. Like it was just just weird, weird stuff, weird games, but just, yeah, an eventful week. Um, let's get into it. So, Cuz, what did you score this week? Well, just, just quickly, there was six scores over 150 this week, which is just, this year is just absolutely wild. But I scored 24-26 <laughs> and the rank is at 5,461. So it was a massive week for the subs. I moved up in, in our league to first in overall rank, which feels good. So suck shit, lads. <laughs> <laughs> Everyone's going to be rooting against you if you keep talking shit. Nah, it, it had to be done, mate. It was a down few weeks. And I'll tell you what, I'm not going to say the karma bus hit you, but you're basically a human pancake right now. Mate. <laughs> because two weeks ago on the pod, you said that you were in top 100 territory and I wasn't and I've leapfrogged you. Yeah, congrats. Thanks, nice mate. job. Yep. I hope you're proud of yourself. I am. <laughs> well and truly. <laughs> no, that's very impressive stuff and I'm very happy for you. Nah, look, As your cousin. Thanks, mate. Appreciate it. Um, you got to support the fam, you know. Hey, um, I wish for you to have a bounce back. So, <laughs> Do you Do you really? I do, mate. I do. I just had to give you a little clip on, yeah, the, way, did, on yeah. the way past, but I hope that you catch up again and we can rise to the top together. Yeah, we will. Um, all right, so this week I scored a, a um, <clears throat> and um, now I'm ranked 8,374th. Flat. At least you're still in the top 10K club, mate. I'm in the top 10K club. Yeah, I, I dropped about 500 spots this week, which is not too bad. It felt like I was having a terrible, terrible week. And I was, yeah, this morning I woke up a little bit hungover, a little bit sick, and I woke up, looked at my team, and it looked even worse than it looked the night before. All the crazy shit happened on Saturday night this week. But, uh, 
Yeah, the, the lads did okay. It seemed like par was going to be absolutely enormous, and it still was big, but I think most of the scores on Sunday, besides, you know, a couple of players that went just insane, were kind of just average. So I, I think it kind of lowered par for most teams. And what? how far back did you slide with your 2280? 500 spots. Yeah. I just said that. Yes. Yeah, sorry, man. Sorry. <laughs> I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I, I was wrapped up in my own world. But yeah, see, that's not really that much of a slide. No, from, not from at all. Not, not at all. And honestly, I would have gone up if um, some thi- a few things happened late that maybe we'll get into a bit later. But yeah, I, honestly, my, my round wasn't too bad. I'm not feeling as flat about it as normally I would with a, with a round where I moved down in rank. Last week, I felt terrible, but well, I think you could have prevented yourself from moving down in rank if, if not for a certain captaincy <laughs> blunder. Blunder. Yeah, we'll, we'll talk about it later. But let's <laughs> let's um let's move on to um the first segment of our reviews, which is our hogs and flogs. So, Keeves, give us your hog for this week. I tell you what, mate. Two weeks ago, I said that his chubby ginger face would be a godsend to the subs, and it was last week. And this week, it was just a whole other level. I can't even explain what I saw from Tom Green, a 170. He had 38, three goals. Watching this game on Saturday night was, it's, it's possibly the greatest thing I've ever witnessed as a man, as a, 20, <laughs> as a 25-year-old man in all my years of life. That was it, mate. Oh. It doesn't get any better. It's, I've, just, I've hit my peak of life witnessing that on a Saturday night. And it's just all downhill from here. Tom Green, mate, you just, it was it was a thing of beauty. I can't, he scored 64 in the last quarter, mate. He was on 106 at three-quarter time. And I was like, all right, get to get to 130, big man. Back-to-back 130s, that's awesome. No, mate. All the way to the top, Tom Green. What an absolute stud. I can't believe it. I just can't believe it. <laughs> oh, so the joy that you feel from this score, I feel the total opposite like the inverse of what you feel i feel sick to my stomach watching it both of us didn't have tom green in our teams leading into round one we both had josh kelly we did and we both considered changing it like leading into that giants game with the rolling lockout in round one and you did it and i didn't and it hurts down in the pit of my stomach and it's the reason that I woke up hungover this morning it's the reason I got in the beers <laughs> last night <laughs> and I'm just glad I didn't watch it because it was just pain, pain, pain. He's averaged 153 since coming back from suspension. That is ridiculous, mate. It's, it's utterly ridiculous. I can't believe it. Yeah. Neither crazy, can I. crazy scenes, crazy scenes. Just, just quickly, my other hog, because I, I know that, I don't, well, I don't think you're going to shout him out, is Errol Goulden for his 161. Just insane stuff. He was on 150 at three quarter time. I thought we could be seeing a 200. Obviously slowed down, but. Ridiculous. He, he showed it that. It was on the cards. It, it was. was really on the cards. It was, mate. He showed that ceiling that he showed in the preseason as well. So he's justified the pick. But surprisingly, he had zero CBAs for that score. Yeah, he was on the wing, right? Just wing for the entire game, yeah. racking up plus sixes. That's crazy. Sorry, yeah. mate. Get into, get into it. Who, yeah, who well, was okay. your flog? So, no, hog, my hog. hog sorry. My hog <laughs> for this week is actually someone who also had a 200 on the cards. <laughs> he did. And mate. that is Jack Zebel, Jay-Z. The Z-Gull, mate, what a king. The absolute king of all of our fantasy teams. He scored the quickest AFL fantasy ton of all time. And that deserves... It does. Not only only a round of applause, but a standing 
ovation. We're sta- yeah, we're standing up. I'm standing up, right? Uh, <laughs> I, I have limited space, but the big man deserved for me to stand up for that just then. Um, so he scored a 168. He had 18 marks. His second high score of all time. It's just, it was bonkers, mate. Like they just kept chipping it to him over and over and over. And he was getting every single kick in. But the crazy thing about it is that this game just had so many behinds, especially in that first half. Um, overall, St. Kilda kicked eight goals, 16 behinds. And he was taking like every single kick in that he was on the ground for. Yeah, it, it was crazy. At one point for the entire game, both teams combined had kicked 115. One yeah. goal, 15 points. That yeah. is just horrible. That's what I'm saying. That's what I'm teams. saying about like it just being a weird round. Like strange, strange things like that were happening. Yeah. And it was just funny. Like the Errol Goulden thing was happening. You were like, mate, you have to switch on this Swans game. Like Errol Goulden's on like 150 and it's not even three quarter time yet. And I was like, mate, I'm watching Zeebs right now. <laughs> he's on like, he's on <laughs> 70 in like the first minute of the second quarter. Nuts, man. Yeah, it was just, it was all happening at once. But yeah, Jack Zebel, shout out. Um, that was a long-winded way to say that he was awesome. Um, let's go on to our flogs for this week. Cars, who do you have? <sighs> Mate, I'm, uh, this is this is one of the only down downsides of the entire weekend, but Angus Brayshaw, are you kidding, mate? <laughs> I can't believe you've still got him. Oh, is that right? I had him traded out of my team two weeks ago until you sent me a quote from Simon Goodwin saying he's going back into the midfield. That weekend, six CBAs. Next weekend, I think he had like two or three. This weekend, zero CBAs and a 73. Simon Goodwin, don't talk shit. And Gus, when you're playing half back, mate, actually try Please don't, don't just stand around. I'm just, I'm sick of this guy. I'm sick of his helmet. I'm sick of his smug face looking back at me on the fantasy app. And I have to hold him because I have other priorities. But Angus Brayshaw, mate, you're not just a flog for this game. You're a flog for the entire season. It's a, it's a body of work now that is just disgusting. And our relationship will never recover from this ever. Angus, I hope you're listening, mate. And I hope you hear these words and you feel the pain that I feel, mate. Oh, I can't believe you're still going on about this, spud. 73. Disgusting. And I, I, I tell you what, I, just quickly before you get into your vlog, I'm sorry. I'm on a... I feel no, that's like all right. You keep going. You keep going. I'm on a heated roll. But quick shout out in the vlog section to Dunks for his 172. <laughs> because we captained and vice-captained him in the first four rounds for putrid, disgusting scores. And then... When I'd lost all faith in the VCC and I thought, nah, you know what? Maybe maybe he is cooked. He does this. Get a grip, Dunks, mate. You couldn't have done this at any point in the first four rounds, but you do it now. <laughs> it's because he's so popularly owned by everyone that a score this good really makes no difference to your team unless you've got the yeah, VCC. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. So f- f- shout out to Dunks for a useless 172. Mate. <laughs> I just quickly want to defend myself about sending you that news about Angus Brayshaw playing in the midfield. Also, also keep, I am keep it up, Dunks. Messi- I'm just the messenger. Keep I'm it up, just- Dunks. <laughs> yeah. More, more of that, please, man. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, all right, I'm going to get into my flog for this week. And as Will Setterfield, man, this guy has dropped off the face of the earth, I man. Thought, I thought you were defending yourself first. I was, and then you cut me off and I decided not to. <laughs> all right, mate. I gave up. I gave up on it. <laughs> Just like me giving up on my team. Um, it's all 
Um, I lost my train of thought. Oh, yeah, Will Satterfield, <laughs> mate. He dro- <laughs> he's dropped off the face of the earth. He was my favorite pick of the season after the first two rounds. Easily one of our best starting picks ever. And now he's just kind of undone all his good work in the last two rounds. There, there may or may not have been some goat Will Satterfield photos shared on the Cousins Twitter a few weeks ago. <laughs> yeah, there was. Man, um, he's not the goat. He's not my friend anymore. He's the woat. He's yes, he is the woat. Um, anyway, he's he's gone for me this week. He's lost the role. Yeah. So I think he had probably zero CBAs. Yeah. I haven't checked it, but I watched it and I didn't see him in any of them. But I'm gonna check now. Yeah, I didn't see him in there either. He was just playing wing, and he he actually got off to a solid start, and it looked like he potentially could still drop a decent score, but just. Gross viewing in the second half to get to his 70. Zero CBAs. There you go. So he, he was yeah. kind of off half forward a bit, started off half back a few times, and then second half completely on the wing, only on the wing. Played like a spud too. There was one bit where Merritt kicked it to him, just completely dropped the mark, didn't get a disposal. Just spud behavior, absolute spud behavior. Will Satterfield, you're gone, mate. You're absolutely gone. Now, usually we advocate for not trading your primos or in this case a you know a mid-pricer a yeah, good mid-pricer he's definitely not a primo in the case of a role change he's not getting those cbas and i flagged it last week that i thought he'd get a bit of a dip just because of how badly he's been playing um i think in the case of a role change you absolutely can jump off him before a rookie just because he's got so much money on his head and you can actually get him to someone that's going to put significant points on the board, you know? Yeah, well, I don't, I don't think he was ever really a primo. I think that was kind of just a fantasy that we <clears throat> we were holding on to after his first couple of games this year. But, yeah, just disappointing stuff. And that's what we say, you know, when, when there's a role change, you can jump off primos. Even though he's not one, it's just a good time to jump off because I think so. his yeah. price is going down, his B is going up. He's got money on his head. It's just it's a good time to cut I ties. Because yeah. we started with him, it's still a successful starting pick, which is nice. But if you jumped on after round two, you would be upset. You would be, yeah. Anyway, we shake hands, go our separate ways. Farewell, Will Setterfield. So let's get into our next segment, which is our hot bakes for this week. Hot bakes. Now, I'm going to kick it off by hot baking myself. I feel like such an idiot. And this is this is like a PSA to all fantasy coaches out there to not be like me. Don't make the mistakes that I have made this week. So let me let me run through what I did with my VC and C this week. So I VC'd Taranto. We both did this week, right? We did his 117. And weirdly, we were both like, it just doesn't feel like a good score. Obviously, 117 is objectively a good score. It's a solid captain score. And I was thinking my line, I wanted my line to be a 120 for Tim English. Yeah, just just quickly, it didn't feel like a good score because Dunks dropped that 172 on Friday night. Yeah. And so we were com- competing with that as a, as the cap- the main yeah. captain score of the Which, round. Which, uh, yeah, also for a bit of context, we both considered doing... Yeah. <laughs> um, so I was pretty flat and I was like, 117, it's all right. But I decided in my mind, my line was 120. And I was like, all right, I'm going to I'm gonna back in English. I reckon he's averaging 120. Like I just, I had a sneaky good feeling. Like all the rucks have been scoring really well against Matt Flynn. I was like, you know what? I'm going to take that risk. I thought about it. I calculated what that risk was. And I was like, at worst, English maybe scores like 100 I don't see him going below 100 and I lose 17 points on that captaincy choice. I'm willing to wear that. But I was like, 
five minutes before lockout of English's game, I was like, nah, you know what? I'm going to play it safe. And I changed my mind just before the game locked out. And English went massive. He scored a 151 this week. And I felt so stupid. I'd lost 34 points in the decision. And I was just having a bad time. I missed out on all the big scores on the Saturday night. So I was like, all right, fine. 117. It's still a good captaincy score. And then as Sunday rolled around... I was just having a bad time. My team was feeling so far behind. I was like, all right, I've got to take a risk to catch up. And then I was like, okay, what can I do? Maybe I'll, maybe I'll throw it on merit. I think he's going to be good. Decided against it. I was like, no, I'm going to play it safe. Going to play it safe. Just you've got the 117, lock it in. <laughs> and then five minutes before Rowan Marshall played, I was like, you know what? I am going to take this risk. I'm so far behind. I'm sick of my team being bad from me. Just like taking boring decisions, not taking any risks. I was flat about my like flat that I didn't take the risk with English, so I put it on Rowan Marshall, who got injured on 83 early in the last quarter, <laughs> which cost me a further 34 points. So I lost 34 points by not taking a risk initially, and then I lost 34 more points by taking <laughs> an extra risk at the end. Now the lesson from this story is not <laughs> don't take a risk with your VC because you can. You totally can, and it would have paid off if it was English, but don't make a late change. Don't change your mind one minute before lockout. And I did it twice, and it cost me 34 points both times, and I feel like an idiot, and I would have gone up in rank this week. Yeah, late decision, <laughs> decisions are never good, mate. That's how I've got still got Gus in my team. Um, yeah, look, it's rough because Marshall was heating up as well. and then He was. Cop the injury. He was. Yeah, mate. Yeah, we discussed it too, and I encouraged you to take Toronto's one seventy. You did. You just had to stick fat, flat, mate. Yeah. <laughs> oh, it's all right. It's all right. I'm. I'm just. I'm apathetic to it all at this point. So whatever, you know. My team is whatever it is. I'm. I'm gonna keep taking risks though. I'm, I've got an appetite for it. <laughs> I'm That's, ready. I'm ready to storm home, mate. We're gonna see a new side of you, mate. I'm excited. <laughs> yeah, I feel like in the past that's always been my way. With my picks, I always Safety. like a pod. No, well, in, in previous years, I, I've liked chasing a pod. And then this year, I told myself, you know what? I'm just going to play it safe. Like, I, I take too many risks. And then I think I've, I went too safe. Anyway, that's, yeah, well, that's how I feel at the moment. Yeah. All right. Well, I'm going to get into mine. And yet again, for a second week in a row, it's more of a hot praise and not a hot bake. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> it's funny. I've just, I've just taken our segment and, and flipped it on its head. But... My hot praise this week is directed at Sydney for clamping Nick Dacos <laughs> two weeks in a row. He's gone sub 100. Keeps can sleep at night again. Another seven days, mate, of great sleeps. A happy man. They did the job on him. It wasn't even a full tag. It was like a sort of tag, and then he was kind of running free in the last quarter, and he did heat up in the end. He scored 21 points in the last, like, 10 minutes. But 84, I'll take that. Every day of the week, mate. It's two weeks in a row. I'm a happy man. Sydney and Adelaide, just great stuff, lads. Appreciate it. <laughs> no, I'm actually, I'm happy for you with this one. You stood your guns. You stood your ground. And it's, it's paying off. Mate, two scores under 100 in a row. Hopefully a third next week, but we'll, we'll see. We'll mate. see. He's dropping in price now. So he, he's on my radar again as a target. But I couldn't pay close to a meal for him. I couldn't do it. And it's been justified. So this is a lesson, people. Never, ever, ever pay up the whole way because it doesn't work. It doesn't work. Clary, 
couple of average scores. Dacos, couple of average scores. English last week, average score. Just don't do it. Do not do it. <laughs> All right. It is time for us to get into the good, the bad, and the ugly. All right. Okay. All right. So the good, the bad, and the ugly. For those of you that are first-time listeners, it is our way of reviewing the games. Basically, we each nominate a player that was good, a player that was bad, and a player that was flat-out ugly. From each game. From each game, obviously. Yes. So let's get into it. The first game of the round was Carlton versus Brisbane, and I'm going to nominate Josh Dunkley for a 172. I feel like that's a pretty obvious nomination, a huge score. It was overdue. Uh, what else is there to say? Not much. He's the second highest averaging forward of the year now, which is a lot closer to where we saw him in the preseason than what he was last week. So yeah. <laughs> Just like, finally, Dunks, thank you. That's what we expected from the start. Yeah, solid stuff, Dunks. My good from this game is Chera for back-to-back-to-back. Three in a row, 130s. That is form. All three games with Walsh in the team. If you're a Chera owner, kudos to you. 130, solid stuff. He was just everywhere again for the third week in a row. Yeah, incredible stuff. Um, and it coincides with the, that video that came out of him. Yes. Funny stuff. Any of you who haven't seen it, go watch it. Yeah, it's just basically just a, a meme video of Chera talking about AFL fantasy. Yeah, it's like a piss take of like someone who's a fantasy fan that's like, why won't you score 200 for me? And, and Chera, he does. He's averaged 130 since that. Yeah, <laughs> since so, that video, so. funny stuff. Crazy good on, stuff. Good on you, Chera, for just being being one of the lads, you know, he getting just, around the fantasy. He just needed a, a, a public smashing, <clears throat> jo- yeah. joke smashing to be a, a primo. But. Yeah. Um, just a bit of serious talk with Chera, though. Is he an option? Like, yeah. he's pretty expensive now, is he? Absolutely, he's an option. He's called back-to-back-to-back, 130s, career-best form. He's averaging well over 100 now. Um. Let me have a look at where his price. It's just form. And the way that Carlton's playing, all their midfielders are getting involved. All of them are racking up. It's nuts, hey? Yeah, if you're a Chera fan, you can jump on. There we go. 870K. That's so expensive. <laughs> it's expensive, but it's not form. for not for back-to-back-to-back to back to back 130s. But, I mean, if I look down the list of primo mids, I, I definitely – Chera probably wouldn't even be in, like, my top 10 for guys that I personally would want to jump on. Okay, well, let's – Even let's... though I would not – Tell anyone not to get it. What do you think he averages though? A hundred, maybe maybe one hundred five. But being eight seventy k, there's just more risk around it being a unique option, and also the fact that he doesn't really have a history of being a fantasy player. And you, but he's always had potential to be a fantasy player. Like he hits every stat line. He has massive junior numbers, and just like in terms of the eye test, the way he plays fantasy, like he just he's got that kind of like fantasy player prototype. You know what I mean? Yeah, he We've does. We've always been keen on him. There's guys like Merritt, Parrish, Sarong, Andy Brayshaw, Steele, who are all like less than 50K away. There's no way that you're picking Chero over those guys. Okay. But if he was the best you could get to? Yeah, for would sure. You it, would you do it over Brad Crouch? They're the same price. Oh, on form, you would have to say yes. But I still personally think Brad Crouch is going to average more than Chero for the rest of the year. Yeah. Well, three weeks ago, we thought Brad Crouch was comfortably like a top five mid. And now he's just being a big dud. Yeah. Big- Big, big, big dud. It's what he does, mate. It's what he does. Um, but yeah, let's let's stop talking about Chera or we will never get to the end. So I'm going to nominate my bad for this game as Paddy Cripps, 70. It's just not good enough, is it? I, I can't imagine that he's in many teams. Um, but yeah, 17 disposals. 
It's not much, is it? He's having a very inconsistent year, Paddy. Uh, my bad from this game. It's a bit of a rough one because he is a rookie, but Will Ashcroft for a 61, he just played a bad game. It happens with rookies, but after last week where he had 28 and 2, this is kind of a, a quick fall back to earth for Ashcroft. And he scored 37 in SC. And when, it's not an SC podcast, but that kind of is just another. Super coach. Yeah. That is. Super coach. That's kind of just like another description of how bad his game was. It was just poor stuff all around from Ashcroft. Yeah. And it could have been much worse. He got going late to get to a 61. So I feel like, to, if I'm honest, six, like putting him in the bad category is pretty harsh. Well, he, he's, he's a was, rookie. But yeah, I, I said it was a bit is, harsh. Yeah. But look at the other scores from the game and tell me another, another bad one. No, that's yeah. fair. It's fair. All right, we'll, we'll nominate him and we'll move on. <laughs> Ugly. Uh, I'm going to nominate... Darcy Wilmot for his 34. Yeah, that's, that's that is ugly. Score. See, that, that that deserves a nomination for sure. Um, luckily, I don't think any of us are relying on him to be on field anymore. Um, but yeah, come on, Darcy. We we are we need you to be our cover and we need you to make some money for us still. Yeah, We're his, not dropping cash at least. Yeah, his his cash is or his price has started dropping now, so it's a good time to jump off Wilmot. My ugly from this game is Lockie Neal, 67. He is having an inconsistent year. It's gross stuff all around. He's going to be under 800K next week. That is insanely cheap for Neal, but you couldn't even jump on because his form is that bad. and it's terrible. Brisbane, all their mids are just up and down, All every single one of them. Their scoring is fluctuating massively from week to week. So I don't know what's going on there, but they're just not really getting any consistency. It's hard to come up with an explanation for it as well because they're winning games. Like, they're consistently yeah, they thumping teams, but just like sometimes Dunks will score an 80, sometimes will score a 170. Neil, sometimes a 118, sometimes a 67. You know, like, it's a, it's hard to draw the correlation with anything that's going on in-game. I don't know, but it's a good reason to not own really any of them. Yeah, for sure. And other than Dunks... Because of that massive score, all their averages are well below par. Like Neil's averaging 89, McGluggage 76, Ashcroft 79 is awesome for a rook. But like those other guys, that's just so far off their best. No. Yeah. Yeah. If you owned him, would you trade him? Probably not. N- Neil. Yeah. Yes. You'd trade him out. Oh, yeah. It's, it, it's a low priority, but he's averaging less than 90. That's horrible. Yeah, 67. Like a guy that we're looking to move on setters is averaging like five points more than Neil now. Like yeah, wow. Neil's having such a horrible season. He's, you know, if he, if he turns it around, he's someone that you target. But if you're an owner, yeah, I think you could potentially look to to move off. The only thing is you would really want to get to like an uber primo, Laird, Andy Brayshaw, one of those guys for him. See, in my opinion, I still think it's low priority because he still has the role. That's what I said too, dog, low priority. Sorry. All right. Just pretend I never said anything. Let's move on to the next game. <laughs> All right. The next game is West Coast versus Richmond. And um, Dom Sheed. Dom Sheed was great. I'm nominating him for the good category. 111. Um, and it would have been nice if he could have done this while he was in all of our teams. Yeah. We all knew yeah. he's like he's a capable fantasy player. He's guaranteed inside midfield time for West Coast. So I guess you could say it was only a matter of time for him, but yeah, yeah, just too late. I'm keen, I'm keen to talk about Sheet a little bit more later, but yeah, I, I, I still think he's got the potential to be a solid guy and he's still cheap. So 
Seven marks, five tackles. I think that's a really promising stat line. Yeah. And he was second most in the CBAs for West Coast, one behind Tim Kelly. So the role is there. Um, you know, he's he's gone 90 plus a few times before. He's finally got gotten himself into some form. I don't know if you can call, can call it form after only one game, but solid stuff from Sheed. Uh, yeah. Yep. My, my good from this game, though, is Shea Bolton for his 137. Not really much to say about it. It was kind of a an average game, but Bolton got his average up solidly. He's having a decent season, but 137 is, is phenomenal stuff. He's just one of those players who'll pop up for a big score every now and then. But Bully bad teams. Yeah, he's not really – he's not relevant. Um, all right. So, <laughs> the bad <laughs> – I don't know if just, this is fair. Let, but let, let, let me just quickly say the reason that you're chuckling unsuredly is because I compiled the run sheet and Jaden's just reading all of this for the first time. <laughs> <laughs> I'm fully improvising this. Um, I usually compile the notes or we do it together. Together, mate. Yeah. It's, it's never. Yes, a, it's, yeah, yeah. Together in inverted commas. I'm not having that done. <laughs> but today you did it and I thank you for that. Um, bad is you're welcome, Tim Taranto. <laughs> I yeah, Tim Taranto because we wanted three more points from you, and none of the none of this nightmare VC business would have happened for me. Okay, so yeah, it's it's kind of funny because what I've written down is Taranto one seventeen because we took his VC score. I took the score over English, who I was keen and I was frustrated. But I later found out after writing this that you captained Marshall, so you <laughs> didn't take the VC. So the bad really is on you, mate. Yeah. No, the bad is on Taranto for scoring a score that no one can decide what to do with and we all just cook it. Yeah, 117 so, is like right in the middle. Not good enough, Tim. Come on, mate. <laughs> <laughs> all right, my, my bad from this game. That was a mess. My bad from this game is Andrew Gaff, 49. Yuck. Just yuck. Let's move on quickly. I don't want to talk about it. All right. Gross stuff. Ugly. <laughs> I'm nominating Cumberland for his minus two tactical sub. And <laughs> oh, God, the giggles. The giggles have arrived, mate. They have, um, mate. They've hit us early this uh, it's week. It's just funny because the notes say that you wrote first negative of the year? Question mark. Yeah. And you decided not to fact check it. So we're going to say that this is probably the first minus score for the year. <laughs> it would definitely be the first minus score for someone who's played like three quarters of the game. <laughs> just gr- just gross stuff. Yeah. My ugly in this game was Jai Cully's injury and the fact that he scored two combined really. It looked like a super innocuous thing. He was basically just running and got pushed like very lightly and has possibly done an ACL. So as a West Coast fan, that is super upsetting. Jai Cully, just not good stuff, mate. Yeah, sad, sad times. You don't want to see it, so that's ugly. All right, let's move on to the next game. We have Geelong versus Adelaide, and right off the bat, ding-a-ling-a-ding-ding, hold the phone. We have the Riley O'Brien check-in. Thanks for reminding me, cousin, because I almost forget. But how could you forget? Because it's Riley O'Brien. This week, he scored a 106 and played phenomenally in the last quarter. What did he have? 41 points in that last quarter? He did. He was getting beaten comprehensively in the ruck by Seggs and then turned it around, turned it on, ended up winning the hitouts for the game. Just dominant stuff from Rob. What a, what a beast. He's our mascot at the Cousins pod. <laughs> He's just a great man, the baby giraffe. Yeah, 
He is the mascot. He took, yeah, I saw him clunk a couple of intercept marks as well. He had, a, he just had a great game. So props to you, Riley. Best game of the year for Rob. Yeah. Solid. Good on ya. All right. So let's get into our nominations. And I'm nominating Rory Laird for his 107 with a tag. Now that is just props to you, Riley. Um, Rory, I should say. <laughs> Stuck on Rob. Oh it happens every gosh, week. Yeah. We just my keep... brain, I'm just always thinking about Rob. Keep talking about Rob. Yeah, it, <laughs> it happens. No, Rory, Rory led 14 tackles to get himself to a 107. That is just so impressive. And I tweeted um, just that... Laird has been such a roller coaster over the last two weeks with all the news. Like we thought he was going to miss last week with a knee issue, and then we thought he had a calf issue, and then we thought he got subbed out during the game. He ended up scoring one ten. And then he got was tagged. a big man. Yep. And then this week there was talk about him not playing because he uh, missed training one day and was sore and fatigued, and they said maybe he'll get a rest. And then big man plays, gets tagged, and still scores a one oh seven from fourteen tackles. He's well and truly back. And I'm very thankful to own him in my team. That's what you want to see from your primos who get defensive attention, tackling, just great stuff. My good from this game, this guy's good every week. Jordan Dawson, 116, just solid stuff, mate. He just doesn't play badly. Since he's moved into the midfield, he's just looked awesome. He's, he's a brown low smoky now as well. Phenomenal stuff. He's very, very good. Um, all right, so bad was Danger. Now, he was actually playing really, really well, but he got subbed out on 68 with a hamstring injury. I don't quite know how long he's out for, but I assume it would be. Yeah, I don't, I don't think he knows how long he's out for. I don't know if you saw the interview with him and Cam Mooney. I didn't. It was it was, it was was all bants, basically, but Danger. Mooney just tried to get him to say, basically, that he'll be back next week or it won't be long. And Danger was like, oh, oh I don't know. But, so <laughs> a lot of uncertainty surrounding it. But Danger was having a really good year up until... This score really, you know, at 90 plus, um, I think just off the back of what he's done in the last two years, it was kind of a bounce back and was looking solid. So that's unfortunate for danger. But my bad from this game is Peddler for his 45. I didn't have him on field, but I know that you did. I did. Yep. It's just not, I guess it's just not what you want, is it, mate? <laughs> nah, it's not. But, you know, we guy, move on. A guy like Peddler, I, I think he'd been a really solid rookie. So... You, you really do expect a little bit more than 45 from him. Um, well, he was he was tracking all right. I think he was on maybe 31 or 33 at halftime. Not too bad, but he, he slowed down. He, he faded out of that game as he typically does. But 45 is not an absolute disaster of a score. I think for, nah, me, no for me on field, he's been pretty solid. Like, I can't be too mad. Um, and... He's every chance to score like a 60 next week. Who knows? So sometimes just with his rookies, you you take the good with the bad. And this week it was bad. All right. I'm nominating Josh Rochelle as my ugly for this game. 27 points from a full game. I couldn't believe it. I um I didn't notice him. I, I Yeah, I actually couldn't believe it until I saw that this score was from a full game at the very the very end like crazy stuff and i feel like he's undone all of his good work i think he's averaging like 81 now yeah just had his first poor game from the year but if you're an owner and it was a super unique pick you would just be upset by <laughs> by that score like you said undone all his good work from the year but my ugly wow. from this game was chase jones 
you know, a, a few people jumped on him three weeks ago thinking that it was an option after his two solid games, and he's just kind of shown that you don't get guys like this off breakouts, like no Sandful form, no AFL form. It was kind of just like a a home run swing, and it's failed miserably. He's got a three-round average of 61, so it's just not not good. He He's only risen in price like, what, 60K in three weeks, which isn't horrible, but that combined with the 61 average is just rookie stuff, really. Yeah, you basically went from one rookie to another. All right, let's get into the next game, Gold Coast v. Melbourne. And my good, I'm, I'm cheating a bit here. I've got two because I traded them both in this week. Braden Fiorini for his 89. Rory Atkins for his 86. Terrific stuff, fellas. As a, as a new owner, it was just a sight to behold, these two. Fiorini split his time between wing and inside mid. He only had six CBAs, so not heaps. But even when he was playing wing, like he was getting around the contest, he was tackling, he was spreading for uncontested marks. It was just beautiful stuff. And Atkins had the most meters gained for the game and took five kick-ins, which was awesome. That was the most for Gold Coast as well, right? It was, mate. It was. Um, his disposal efficiency, Atkins, because obviously job job security is a bit of a concern, so you want to see like good advanced stats from him. Yeah. His disposal efficiency was only 67%, but a couple times he was having like forward 50 entries that got broken up by another Gold Coast player getting in the way. or like There was one in particular that was really bad where he sent an absolute bullet into Casbolt and it would have been... An uncontested mark, Casbolt would have had a shot and goal, but Bailey Humphrey just got his hand in the way <laughs> like a silly boy. <laughs> Hilarious, mate. But yeah, both have been great picks and they were both the most popular trade targets they were. last week. They yeah, were. So I, I feel like it's, it's paid off for owners just based on, on their price. Yeah, um, for sure. And so they, props they, to you if you did it. Yeah, thanks, mate. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. They, um, they did their job security. No, no issues either. Like no damage. Atkins was... I thought one of the best on ground as a Gold Coast defender. Also, just quickly, I'm sorry, I'm, I'm monologuing here, but Ballard and Long, two Gold Coast defenders, got injured in that game. So Atkins Jaya should be through the roof now. Yeah, I think I think it's a great pick. And I don't think it's too late to jump on. He went up like 60, 61K, I yeah, think. But, but he's averaging 94 from his two games. So yeah, based on his role, like the kick-ins, he could keep doing 80 plus comfortably. Yeah. All right, so I'm going to nominate Noah Anderson for his 132. He played a phenomenal game, incredible, incredible game, and he's just thriving now. Like he, uh, he did turn a corner even before Toot got injured, but he's really kind of taking over as like, yeah, a dominant midfielder, and he's he's playing really well. I think he scored like a what 179 in Supercoach. I think like huge stuff, um, just dominating. And props to anyone who jumped on him. I was really keen on it. As you know, I had him as one of my pods that I recommended in our pod merchant segment. I think it was four weeks ago now, straight after that 159. And he has not missed a beat. So Noah Anderson. Terrific stuff. All right, my bad from this game. This is <laughs> this is a bit of a controversial one, but Bailey Humphrey, 68, actually 66 in the end. I wrote I wrote these notes straight after the game and there was a late change, but... I'm giving him the bad because two times I saw him stuff up an Atkins kick that would have led to higher disposal efficiency and even more JS. So Bailey Humphrey, just get out of the way, mate, and let the big boys do their work. <laughs> I feel like he played fine. Well, no, from- <laughs> he played fine, but just leave 
leave Atkins kicks alone, mate, unless they're intended for you, please. <laughs> All right. Now, bad for me. Chandler, 37. Yuckies. Yuckies, yuckies. Um, I, I'm happy to see it, to be honest, because I traded him two weeks ago and I missed out on his 100 and, what was it? 108 last week? 106, I think. 106. It was deeply satisfying after that score though to see this. <laughs> yeah. Yes. So he was bad and I think now is possibly a good time to jump off or maybe one more week. I think he's got a pretty soft matchup this week. Just get him. He's a rookie if like, you know, if, if it gets, gets you to who you want good. to. Yeah, exactly. All right, my ugly from this game, and I'm not going to talk about this guy for very long because I hate his face, and I'm sure our listeners are sick of me talking about it, but Angus Brayshaw, mate, just please, man, just do a bit more, just a little bit more, mate. If you get your average up to 80 plus, that's all right. I can call it a failed pick, but it won't hurt my soul as deeply as it is at the moment. 73, just come on, mate, just come on. Please, just what are we doing here? Seriously, <laughs> Angus, mate, what are you doing to me, Angus? Oh, oh, just you're gonna have to keep writing it out all year, I reckon. No, mate, I'm, <laughs> I'm gonna try and you've cash made up it this week so I can made jump it this off next far. Week. You've made it this far. No, nah, he's not going back into the midfield, mate. He's cooked. 73. Oh, he's got such a friendly role. That's what I don't get about it. <laughs> he's playing half back and he's not playing lockdown now either. Like he's able to run and spread for plus sixes, but you just see him standing in no man's land. Like he doesn't care. He, he, doesn't, he doesn't care. He doesn't care. He doesn't have observable thirst, he doesn't. which we like to see in our fantasy players. Um, all right. I'm nominating Brody Grundy for his 48 as my ugly. Feels good, man. Feels so good. It's it <laughs> so good to not good. have him. Oh, yeah, because it... 103-point <sighs> swing between Grundy and English this week. Yeah, feels so good. Oh, I just want to sit sit in it and just... Just bask in the bad score. Yeah. All right, well, I will segue us into Freo Hawks then. <laughs> While you're basking. <laughs> well, no, no, no. Well, I'll give some context. So, <laughs> Keebs and I both had Grundy in our team. For probably, what, four weeks? Yeah, one week too many, that's for sure. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, and then the week we traded him out, he scored 100 last week when we traded him out. The week before we traded him, he scored 55. (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) yeah. Absolute dog, mate. And Grundy just never plays well ever in my team. Never, ever, ever. He's cursed in my team. And I just don't want to touch him again, mate. Just do not. Crazy thing about that score is he kicked two snags. For a 48, yeah. Wild, wild yeah. stuff, mate. Yeah. All right, Freo Hawks. My good from this game, Andy Brayshaw, 157. Just remarkable stuff. Another, one of the, the mega six scores from this round. He was just peak <laughs> peak Andy, mate, doing his the thing. The mega six. Yeah, and he's, I think, the third or oh, fourth, sorry, fourth highest averaging mid now. So in the last two weeks, he's bumped that average up and he's just looking like he did last year, so... If you're not an owner, now is the time, people. Classic example of hold your primos. That is exactly why you do it. And James, if you're listening to this, you're welcome, mate. (laughs) (laughs) Um, All right. I'm going to nominate Hayden Young for his 102. Now he's strung two good games together now, and I owe him the deepest, most sincere apology for hating on him constantly for the first five or so weeks yeah well this is another one now that 
you know, he was another guy that we looked at starting over Andy McGrath. So he's averaging 12 points more. That's just painful stuff to watch. It is painful. Um, he's starting to get a few more kick-ins now. Yeah, I think Could he's... Could he be an option? He's pretty cheap. 100%, 100%. He's cheaper than his starting price. We were all keen on him at the start of the year, but his preseason form was bad. He had a slow start, but now he's strung those two games together. His kick-ins have gone up. He's getting more responsibility in the back line there. I think he's an option for sure. I take back what I said about the kick-ins. He, <laughs> he only had one. He, he, did, he did have more last week kick-ins. He, yeah, yeah. That's why I had it in my head. Um, he, could, he could be an option though. Like... It, He's one of those guys that Freo should be trying to get the ball in his hands. And it feels like I did watch even even in some of those games where he didn't score that well. Like I'm starting to see a bit more of that observable thirst, like I mentioned before. Like he's he's trying to get it in his hands. He's running a bit up the ground, like trying to be that distributor for them. Um, so yeah, I think it's a watch, a watch and see. You could definitely jump on. Well, I think the time to jump on is now. Now? While he's still cheap. Yeah, because back-to-back times, his BA is going down, price is going up. I think I'd want to see one more. That's me personally. I, but you could. Obviously, you could. Yeah, I don't know what else you could see, though, that that he hasn't shown in the last two weeks. It's like, it's, you know, two weeks of form, you're going to see a, th- a third week of form. Like, I don't know. He's not going to show me anything that I that I haven't seen. So, for me, it's it's... All guns are blazing if you're a fan this week. Um, my bad from this game is Sean Darcy, 76. The writing was on the wall throughout the week. It was all over Twitter. Darcy was hobbling at training. Like there was talk about him potentially missing. He got up to play but dropped a bad score. There's not much else to say. He finally played a bad game, which is which is nice as a non-owner, but I think he'll be fine. Like I don't think it's an, a completely... No, I bought shit, but I no, mean, if you, just a frustrating. If you're week. a non-English owner, which I assume most Darcy owners are, I think all of us have Marshall. Would you do it? No, 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 not now. You, you're paying up for English every day of the week, and it, the the way that you could jump on Darcy is if Ron, no, that's what I was saying. Jump off, sorry. I oh, mean, jump off, yeah, to from, get to English. Yeah, oh, that's okay. what I was saying. Yeah, 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 for sure. You I would do that. I, that's something I would look at doing. Yeah, it's like a relatively higher priority. English is averaging twenty five more than him. That's a pretty significant jump over eight weeks. Like two hundred plus points on the year. I think English, like you said it before, that paying up for people is just never the way to go. He's English, the one. English is the one person that yeah I would recommend, or that I would tick off paying up for because he's just the, the safest easiest captain or vice captain every single week um matchup doesn't matter too much for him as well as a ruckman he's always going to have like a pretty consistent baseline score yeah he's averaging 115 more than the next best ruck which is marshall and then marshall is averaging 10 points more than darcy 15 points more you mean that, is that not what you I said? You said 115 points. Nah, I meant to say 15. Obviously, <laughs> well, Unless I misheard you. But anyway, uh, look, carry e- on. Either way, English is averaging 15 points more than Marshall. Yeah, which is Marshall's heaps. averaging 10 points more than Darcy. So it's like English and then Daylight and then Marshall and then Daylight and then Darcy. Yeah. Yeah. So jump on English, basically. Um, <laughs> that was a very long-winded way to talk about Darcy. Um, I'm going to nominate Sicily as my bad for this game with his 70. Now, Sicily is an absolute roller coaster. Um, I don't know if there's much more to say. If you're an owner, you just go, okay, great. There was a bad score. Hopefully, it's a good one next week. He's just up and down. Is the sick dog. He is, mate. 
my ugly from this game was the Fergus Green tactical sub and the score of six. <laughs> Just gross stuff. One of our mates, Harry, shout out to Harry. He's gotten a lot of shout outs on this pod. He has. <laughs> Had him on field for his sixth tactical sub and he messaged the group saying season over. So yeah, you can basically, if you had green on field, you can, you can pack up shop and just, just get out for the year because you, <laughs> you're done. <laughs> Specifically you, Harry. No, nah, I love you, Harry. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Josh Ward is getting my ugly for his 52. Um, we flagged him early in the year as like a, a massive breakout smoky and i think we all know that this guy is going to be fantasy stud one day but this is just not the year for it he's not really getting much inside time um but he will get his time eventually yeah only second year player so yeah but any and any point in the next three or four years is probably going to break out but just just not yet do you know anyone that actually took the punt on him no not in classic i can't think of anyone not in classic all right let's move on to giants and dogs and my good from this game, I already mentioned it. He was my hog. He, This man is just the hog. Tom Green, 170. Uh, I've got – I just don't even know what to say about it. It is phenomenal. It's the best thing I've ever seen. I already said I, – I turned on my TV on Saturday night and I was not expecting to witness dead set greatness, but it was right there. I was beholden to it and it made me feel things I've never felt before. I love you, Tom. I'm sick of hearing about it, mate. I've heard about it nonstop all day from this guy. Oh, I love Tom Green, mate. Or just there'll be like five seconds of silence and then just, man, how good is Tom Green? 170, mate. He's averaging 121. Oh, 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 you'd just suck his d, wouldn't you? F***ing oath. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Love you, Tom. I already said it. You're my special band. I am going to nominate Timothy English for his 150, 151, 150? 151. 151. 151. Like I said, I, I compiled the run sheet from each game. The you notes and your dodgy notes. Immediately after the game. Hey, I do it as I work. I don't wait till the end of the round <laughs> and do them all at once. I'm a smart man. It's all fresh inside me. Yep. So smart having all those wrong scores written down. <laughs> hey, mate, how's your team going? <laughs> Hey, that's uh, that's low, man. Um, no, Tim English for his one fifty one. It's just nice. It's just nice to own him. Just it, it is square nice. it away. It cost a lot. He didn't turn up last week, but he made up for it this week with a one fifty one. He's now what averaging one twenty five for us. Yeah, yeah, one twenty five on the dot, and that totally justifies what we paid for. Um, so Tim English, props to you, and keep it up, big fella. All right, my bad from this game was Adam Trelaw's hammy. It was just sad to see Trelaw, a guy who's probably in like the fantasy hall of fame. He's had an awesome career through three clubs. He was just getting back to his best as well. Like he'd had such an awesome start to the year. And then, yeah, does a hammy again. I don't know how bad it is. Like there hasn't been any news news around it just yet, but it was pretty distressing to see him. He looked super deflated, got subbed out straight away. Um, so shout out to Trelaw, just... You're an absolute legend, mate, and I, I hope the hammy's all right. All right. I am nominating for my bad Stephen Canelio for his 81. Not even close to enough points, Stephen, mate. You're a primo. Start acting like one, mate. I mean, he's been good the last couple of weeks, but he's absolute roller coaster, and everyone else is absolutely 
destroying this game, scoring at will. Green with a 64-point last quarter. I think Josh Kelly had like a 40-point last quarter. And what does Cogs have? Like 20 points. Just, oh, 17. Yeah, he just had, he had a crap. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'm losing my words, but he had a crap second half and just faded from the game. Typical Cogs fashion. Yeah, he's I expect more, year. mate. I expect more. He's getting he's full time mid, and like, yeah, you'd expect him to be one of the top fantasy players in the comp when he's full time mid. I mean, he used to be a walk up one ten when he was there. He's averaging a hundred, and it's a, somewhat of a bounce back year, but he's not quite hitting the heights that we were hoping for. Just quickly, you mentioned it just then, Josh Kelly's last quarter save. He's done that two weeks in a row now, and as an owner, it is. Both distressing and satisfying. <laughs> Hopefully he can get to a bit more before he goes on his last quarter feast next next week. But yeah. my ugly from this game is Angwin's ankle. He rolled it in a marking contest where he absolutely obliterated English. Like he came over the back, just knees into him and just absolutely minced him. <laughs> um, went straight off and stayed off for the rest of the game. But if you're an Angwin owner, it's looking like he's going to miss a few weeks with that ankle. Um, and also he only scored 28, which is just not the Dons. No, not at all. All right, for the ugly, I am nominating Isaac Cumming for his 64. Do we even need to talk about him? I don't think we do. That's that's <laughs> back-to-back 50s and then a 60. It's disgusting. Yes. Isaac, mate, do better. Is do, that, do better. Actually, a, a, quick, a quick anecdote about Isaac Cumming. One of our mates, Sam, shout out to you, Sam, has been a coming owner all year. Um, <laughs> he was very ballsy and decided to fade Doc at the start of the year. Faded Doc D1. <laughs> but, which was which was a pretty smart move, except for the fact that he decided to pick Cumming instead. Finally traded Cumming this week <laughs> to Jai Simpkin. Oh, that's <laughs> the trade. That hurts. That hurts. That hurts bad, man. That hurts really bad. But shout out to you, Sam. You're doing well, mate. You're having a good season. Keep it up. Yeah. That's ah, that hurts. <laughs> right. um, okay, so Port v Essendon, my good from this game. This guy's been good for five games in a row now, but Zach Butters, just this was his best game of the year, this 111. Um, but he just looked awesome. He was he had a little injury scare late, but he came back on, got to his 111, but was just all over it, was marking, tackling, slamming into people, doing the old Butters stuff that makes you scared to own him when you see the, the small man just plowing through people, but... He's still an option and he's still cheap because he hasn't been absolutely setting the world on fire. So Butters is my good and he's an option this week if you are keen. This game was just quintessential Butters. You saw a little bit of everything that he does. Like he had a very slow start and all his owners were cursing him, hating him. And then he was blitzing it and like everyone was loving it. And then he had an injury scare and he came back on. Just a a bit of everything. That's what Butters is like to own. Um, But yeah, overall he was good. Now, my good for this game is Zach Merritt for his 120. This has got us back on speaking terms. I'll put it that way because... He wasn't that bad last week, mate, surely. What did he score? Like an 82 last week? That is bad. He was my M1, mate. And he was coming back from a suspension for a stupid sling tackle. So... I think it's reasonable that we weren't on speaking terms before this 120. And now you're back. All right. We're back on speaking terms. He hasn't quite done enough for me to be satisfied with him, but 120. Good job, Zach. The slight concern, he's still not playing full-time mid. Like I picked him 
off the back of him having 94% CBAs in like round two and just being a dominant man. We all know what Merritt does, but now all of a sudden he's kind of starting off half forward a little bit. Like, and in this game, Port was sort of steaming into it. Like their midfield was getting really dominant in that third quarter. And what does Scott do? Merritt, half forward, centerfield wing. Like what's going on? Get your midfielders in there, mate. You got to stop the flow. It's concerning. It's concerning as an owner that you, their captain and best midfielder is like just being thrown around a little bit. But anyway, good on you, Zach. Yeah, just quickly, another good from this game I wanted to touch on um, was Williams from Port. He scored a 92 and has actually just been a really, really solid rookie for the year. He's up to, where is he? 367K now. It's too much. And he's, yeah, it's way too much to bring in. But his ownership is... 2.5%. So this is a rookie that just went so far under the radar. No one really jumped on. It's because um, he was he was sub in maybe his second game or something like that. He he was uh named as a sub. Yeah, he did on. he did play as a sub, but I mean, he's gone up 167k, which is a lot and back-to-back scores of 67 and 92. So he's really gotten rolling as a rookie and for those 2.5% of owners they'd be Absolutely stoked. I'll quickly do my bad because I want to get into the other bad and have a discussion about it. But uh, Stringer, 62. A few people were keen, didn't really live up to the the hype. Um, He had bulk CBAs, but he's just not a fantasy guy. Well, I sent you a message about it earlier in the week that he was potentially a pod option, but you couldn't do it. It's Jake Stringer. Nah. All right. We've got someone to talk shit about, mate. Yes, we do. Andy McGrath. I was going to swear a lot, but I, I, I restrained myself. Go for it. Unleash. 75? Are you joking, mate? This guy was on 40 at halftime. He had, was on 25 at quarter time. So at first he was on track for a ton. Then he gets to 40 at halftime. You're like, all right, he's not going to ton up. Let's live in the real world. Get to 80, Andy. Nah, 75. I tried my hardest to send positive vibes his way. I was positive all throughout the week. I was messaging you, Cuz, and I was saying, Andy McGrath, 140. That gets his average up to 85. Manifest. Manifest, Andy. Let's do it. It's happening. Go, son. Get it done. And he scored his average, 75. I'm sick of talking about quags, but it has to be done. You suck, Mate, not even mate. We're not mates, Andy. I hate you. you. You just suck. You just suck flat out. You suck. Get out of my team. Get out. I'm pointing at the door right now for our listeners that can't see. But Andy needs to walk through it, run through it, and never, ever look back. Don't come back to the subs. You're unwelcome. And you'll always be unwelcome. I've got him in keeper. So I've got to see his face. For the next like 10 years, mate. <laughs> I'm not excited about it. <laughs> Boys, if you're listening, if anyone wants to trade for Andy McGrath, fire sale. You can have him. <laughs> just just give me anyone back. I just don't want to look at him anymore. Uh, I'm done. I'm done with him. It's funny. I was really, really, really intent on taking a different approach with him this week. I, sa- I said to myself, if he can score 85 this week, I am making him my hog. And like you were saying before, we're going to manifest a big score out of him. 
we were saying in our group chat, no one talks shit about Andy this week. We're only going to say positive things. We've cracked the code. Big oh. man just needs us to say nice, wholesome, encouraging things. And we were saying them all during the game and he still couldn't even get to 80. We were sending pathetic love heart eyes and we were saying, go Andy, you're my go, hero. Andy. Go Andy, yes. Kick, big kick, big kick. Go, yeah. But no good vibes. The good vibes no. are all, they're all dried up. There's We've tried left. everything. We've given you our all, Andrew. No more. The answer is no more to just cut ties and be done forever. You're done. Really? I think, to be honest, it's our fault because we thought that he was something that he clearly is not. It's not our fault. It feels like it is, man. <laughs> <laughs> now, let's, uh, let, let, let's stop talking about Andy McGrath. He doesn't even deserve this amount of airtime. All right, we're done. Andy, you're we're done. done. We're never going to talk about him again. This is the last can time. We, can we swear to never talk can we, about can him Can we again? swear on, <laughs> on the pod that we've both trade him this week? Swear to our listeners. Even with carnage? Even with carnage. He is the carnage, mate. He's been there all year. I don't know if I can make that swear, cuz. I'm swearing. <laughs> listeners, I promise you, this is a Keebs promise, a Keebs guarantee. No more Andy McGrath next week. All right. Yeah. I, I would like to also stick to that promise, but I'm not going to promise it. All right, let's get into the ugly. Oh, that's my bad. That was my cue. I realized that I, I was leading the chat and it just... Andy, Andy McGrath spaced me out, people. It just, he does weird things to your brain. All right, move on, go. All right, my, just, just quickly, my ugly from this game was Ridley. Scored a 14, got subbed out. If you're an owner, there wasn't many, but that hurts the soul deeply. He's a trade. He copped a knock. I, I, I don't know how bad it was, but you said that you think he might have a broken jaw. I think I heard that somewhere, maybe somewhere on Twitter. Shout out to Rids because that's a, a pretty gnarly injury from a game. You don't yeah. ever want to cop that. But as it could just be totally fake news. Though. I I don't know. He he definitely did cop a knock. No, he head, did. No, no, yeah, yeah, he did. Yeah, just bad stuff if you're an owner. Bad stuff if you Ridley. Just that's not what they want, mate. All right, I'm nominating my ugly as Will Setterfield for his seventy. Now, I do not want this to turn into what McGrath has turned into for our podcast content i'm not riding this train anymore <laughs> i'm jumping off i'm trading the two of i'm bundling together i'm ship kicking those shit bags out of my team they're hey, getting hey, so hey, far hey, out hey, hey, hey. and i don't want to talk about them anymore setters does not deserve that kind of energy he he has had a bad two weeks but we got a 120 and a 130 out of him yeah no he's he was great but what i'm saying you called is, him a shit bag <laughs> That is true. That is true. <laughs> but what I'm saying is I don't want this to turn out into this turn into this long-winded hold that Andy McGrath has turned into. I can't go through it again. Essendon have been killing me every week for a month now. No even bad. with merit, even with an Uber Primo M1, Essendon have been killing my mood. I fully agree. I fully agree. I don't want enough is enough, cousin. I don't want to have another Andy or another Gus, who I've I've had both for the entire year. I still love Setters because his average is solid for what we paid, and we did enjoy the first two weeks of just absolute goat activity. But I agree, it's an ugly score seventy after the fifty last week. Just you got to go. He's got to go. He's the non-owners go. are laughing at us. They they are now. No more. No right. more. All right, next game. Collingwood v Sydney. My good for this game. How could there be anyone else? Errol Goulden, 161. That's a career high for the big man. And he's averaging over 100. 
And that's what we hoped for when we started with him. He's now been a phenomenal starting pick. Just hats off to Errol. Shout out for doing it on a wing as well, which is a notoriously inconsistent position, but no CBAs and he has the best score of his career. So that's just, it's just good stuff. It made me excited in the downstairs place. <laughs> as all the best scores do. They do. Mate. <laughs> <laughs> all right. I'm nominating Callum Mills for his 110. Now he was on the inside getting CBAs. He did last week. He did this week. Scored a good score. I think he's bottomed out. Is that safe to say? Yeah, agree. He's in my trade plans at the moment because I, I think he's, with the CBAs, he's going back up to, you know, at least 105 average for the year. It is such an exciting pick. I think the whole community has just been waiting and waiting and waiting to jump on because we know what Callum Mills does. He's such a naughty, naughty man. So, yeah, jump on. This could be the week. All right, my bad from this game, and for me, it's a, it's a personal good. There wasn't a whole lot of bad scores to include in this section, but Dacos, Nick Dacos, 84. Thanks, mate. Appreciate it. Love your work. Move on. Move on. All right. <laughs> awesome. Titch. Tom Mitchell. You're I'm right, I'm mid burp. <laughs> Tom Mitchell, I'm nominating you, mate, for your 72. Um I don't know. How relevant is this? I don't think there are too many Tom Mitchell owners at this point. But I guess because he's a pig, he's fantasy royalty to the highest degree. Um, 72. It's just a bit sad to see. Yeah, we've said it a few times on the pod this year. He's not the same player from a fantasy standpoint that he was. He's having an impact in the AFL and he's having a decent season. But yeah, he's not He's not the pig, unfortunately. Uh, my ugly from this game, because there wasn't a whole lot of really poor scores that are fantasy relevant. So I'm just going to talk about Sydney's fade out <laughs> just quickly. Uh, they were leading in in the third, like decently late in the third. And then Collingwood ran over the top of them as they do, as they do to, you know, basically every team. But Sydney's having just a bad year now for a team that won a flag. Oh, sorry, didn't win a flag. They didn't come anywhere near winning the flag, but made the grand final last year. Um, yeah, just a middling season. Disappointing stuff. Yep. All right, we're getting into the final nomination of this game, and I'm nominating Laddams, Peter Laddams, for his 44. Now, I didn't watch this game, so Keebs, you're going to have to tell us what happened. He only played 50% tog. He just played bad, mate. I think they were managing him, just managing him through the game because he played, you know, game time in every quarter. To be honest, I did watch like a, a big portion of the second half of this game and I just did not really see him. He just was quiet. Um, I think the thing is he not many people would have jumped on him after the season begun, but there was talk, especially on Twitter, of him being like a cheeky pod option to start the year. Um, he's played a solo rock, but he just hasn't put up numbers. And this was more evidence of that, really. Well, he, he scored a 130 last week and then he's just... Uh He's died, mate. <laughs> I don't know. He, Yeah, he cooked it. He's cooked it. He has, mate. All right. We'll get into the last game of the round, North v. Saints. My good from this game. You've talked about him once. I'm going to talk about him again. Jack Zeeble, 168. Just terrific. Just terrific stuff. <laughs> this is his second, the second highest score of his career. Of course, the highest was a 170, which we also both owned him for. And... My opinion of Zeebs up until a couple of years ago was not the highest, admittedly. Um, but since he's been a fantasy defender, 
I just love the guy so much now. We call him the Z-Bull, the Z-God, the GOAT, Zebes, the man, 168. How many marks did he have? 16? 17? I think, I think it was 16. An ungodly amount of marks. Too many. Just, well, not enough. Yeah, but. not enough. <laughs> the challenge now is... 18. There you go. Back to back, Zebes. Do it next week. Back to back. Let's go. All right. I'm nominating... Stocker, Liam Stocker for his 122. That is an impressive score. I didn't know he had a ceiling that big. I didn't know he was capable. And if you're an owner out there, a poor lonely owner, well, not a poor one, but a, one of the few owners out there <laughs> that hasn't gotten rid of him yet, good on you. Good on you for still having him. That must have felt really good to he's, come home with a 122 from Liam Stocker. He's a, just It's funny because we're laughing, but he's averaging more than Andy McGrath <laughs> and more than Gus. Jesus. All right. Yeah. Okay. My my bad from this game was Steele, Jack Steele for an 81. Um, Just a bit of a disappointing score after his solid effort last week. He's dropping in price though. So if you're not an owner, just be ready. Be ready. All right. Thanks, cuz, for leaving <laughs> me to talk, talk about Ron Marshall and his injured 83. If I hadn't talked about it already <laughs> enough. Um. Yeah, he was my captain. It hurt to see. All I really hope is that he's not out this week because there are really no options to trade him to. I don't know what I would do. Well, I personally, if he is out, would go to Gorn. Maxi, yeah. Bank 200K you get and then just use that 200K probably to put on Andy McGrath, who I dislike strongly. Um, but Sean Darcy's also cheaper. It. You wouldn't love jumping on after a 76, but he's clearly the third highest averaging ruck. The thing is, Marshall is so good, man. He like, is a stud. If you, if you had Sean Darcy and he's, he's dropping a 70 and we know what Marshall is capable of now, he is such a massive ceiling. He would have turned up again. He was on a ton run since round one. He would have turned up again today. Yeah, he was well and truly on track. Like He was heating up. He was sort of starting to get the better of Goldie. Just unfortunate. He tried to come back out as well. He did a mini fitness test out on the boundary, but just didn't have yeah. any, any he, movement going. He looked in good spirits uh, at the end. We don't obviously don't have any injury news at this stage, so just monitor it. But he looked, he was like smiling and walking around after the game. He had a smile on his face. So hopefully that means the big man is all right. They just wanted to rest him because they were up by like 30 points at the end. Yeah. My ugly from this game, and this really has turned ugly for owners, is LDU. 69 he scored. This guy has been utterly atrocious since round two. He hasn't turned up for six weeks. He's missed two games in there, dropped two 60s and a 70. That is horrible, horrible stuff. I feel so sorry for any owners out there. He he is a pod now, like his ownership's dropped, but still 3.9% of people. I don't know what's been going on, but my heart goes out to you guys. It's, it's a hard, hard game sometimes. Yeah. It went from like us being sort of, Happy about him doing badly to now just feeling feeling terrible for owners. Uh, it's it's gone that far. Enough is enough, Luke. All right, I'm nominating Jai Simkin for his 54. What the hell? That is disgusting, mate. And I just want to say sorry to my good friend Samuel for the second time. For the second time, I did say it before, yeah, but... <laughs> double apology. It's uh, 58, mate. Like, you, you deserve a double apology because we talked through it this week. Um, Sam had a little bit of money to play with but couldn't bring in a big dog and we're tossing up between Mills and Simpkin and so, guess where we went. So so you 
convinced Sam. I, I wouldn't say I convinced him. To get him. Simkin over I did, No, 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 no. I didn't convince him. I just... I presented to him the stats. <laughs> okay. I told him I told him how it was, you know. I said, Jai Simkin is a full-time midfielder, whereas at this stage, Mills, we don't know what his role is. It's up in the air. He had CBAs last week, but he was still the fourth-in-line midfielder. And I just said, out of all the options, at least Simkin is the one that you know his role is good. He hadn't dropped a bad score up until that point. The only bad score he did have was when he was subbed out in the second quarter for like a 48, and that was from like 20% game time. So he was... He was on track for a massive score that week. Um, I don't know. It's Jai Simpkin. Like, <laughs> yeah, he, he does this randomly, Simpkin. He always has over the course of his career just dropped random horrible scores. It's unfortunate if you're an owner. Um, but yeah, he had the second most CBAs. His tog was 80%. He'll be fine. Just He'll bounce back. And man, he has a ceiling. So he, he, he might repay the faith. And Sam... You know what it feels like, mate. You held Noah Anderson through the first three weeks. You can do it again. Jai Simpkin will repay the faith. But just quickly, I am on to you, mate. Uh, what? I'm on to you. Trying to sabotage people's teams. I am You not. tell Sam to get Simpkin. You told me to get Brad Crouch. I didn't. You did tell did. me to get Brad Crouch. You These are lies. strongly, These are filthy, strongly filthy. tried to influence me to get Brad Crouch. Communist lies. 70, 70, 80 in the last three. I'm on to you, mate. We're going to have to... We're going to have to stop you from just engaging with our listeners on Twitter for a bit. <laughs> Sending out all your bad advice, all mate. Right. You can just take over the pod then, man. No, that's all right. Jaden is good at Twitter activity and gives good advice, guys. So there you go. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Well, that wraps up our review. <laughs> nice way to end it there. Good one, Keeps. No, nah, obviously it's it's all jokes. You are uh, you do give good advice, mate. I just had to give you a little clip for that shocker. Sorry, Sam. <laughs> All righty. Oh, we are moving on to our next segment, which is the fantasy proverbs. Fantasy proverbs. Okay. My words of wisdom for this week. Just, just quickly, before you get into your words of wisdom, I want to say how great they've been. In the last two weeks, your proverbs, mate, have lifted the subs out from just a horrible, horrible place that they didn't want to be. I didn't want to be as coach. I stood by my team. You encouraged me. And that was really the catalyst for the bounce back of the last two weeks. So I'm ready for some more words of wisdom. That means a lot to hear, cuz. That, that, that's what I do it for, you know. I do it for the people. I want to lift you up. I want to help you get through this game of fantasy which beats us down sometimes but the proverb for this week comes from none other than john f kennedy and it is this change is the law of life and those who look only to the past and present are certain to miss the future now What I really wanted to touch on with this quote is that change is so inevitable in fantasy and one big score is all that it takes to change your outlook on a player. So let's go through a couple of the examples. Noah Anderson is the first one that I want to look at. He went from averaging 77.6 over the first three rounds, absolute dud pick. We were hating on it. We couldn't understand what was going on to since then a five-round average of 126.8. He's now comfortably in the top eight midfielders after round eight. How crazy is that? That is like your whole 
mindset about what that player is and what he represents is like totally different from five rounds, you know? Um, here's another one. Jack Zebel was looking like he might miss this week and potentially even be a trade out. He was sort of fading out the last couple of games and we're like, well, he's probably not a keeper. One big score later, 168. He's now the third highest averaging forward and the third highest averaging defender. What a crazy swing. It all it takes is one score. Andy Brayshaw was looking like an absolute dud pick for anyone who paid up for him. Um, three weeks ago, I think he dropped like a 72 and then like a 90-odd. And every owner was like, mate, I swear I'm going to trade him. He's so done. Like he's dead to me. He's cooked now. What is wrong with him? Two weeks later, he's like the third highest averaging mid. All it takes is like two good scores, mate. And like season turned around. One of the best in the game. It's Tom Green off the back of two scores. Going. I'm still going, mate. There's more to come. After two scores, Tom Green has come back from suspension and is now the second highest averaging player in the whole game, mate. 120. He's averaging more than Oliver. All it takes is two games to elevate yourself up to the second highest averaging player in the comp. Errol Goulden was a frustrating pick for all of us. We were like, mate, we got sucked into the preseason hype. That's what we were talking about last week. We're like, we get sucked into it every year. Guys like Errol Goulden pop up for a big score and then they fade. And then what does he do? He comes out with a 161. He shows us that ceiling. He's now averaging over 100. Is looking like he's been an excellent pick. And the point that I'm trying to make is that things change and they can change as quickly as one week. But they can also change the other way. So players that... You know, you think, uh, oh, yeah, this is like the best player in the game. It, all it could take is one or two bad scores and then all of a sudden they're dead to you. So the point is to not dwell too much on the past, but let it inform what you think a player is going to do in the future. And yeah, that's my that's my proverb for this week. Those are my words of wisdom. Terrific stuff, mate. Well, it's very relevant because like, like we said, there were six scores this week over 150. That's... Six players who changed their fortunes on the season with one good game. You Crazy know, stuff, mate. A lot of them were, were in decent form, but have now gone on to like a, just a crazy uber primo level. Like there was guys like Simpkin this week that we all thought were a great option, posted a bad score and now is just doing dud, dud activities. I love it, mate. It was good. It was relevant. It was a good proverb. All I'm saying, mate, is that the subs, the team, the team, the subs was down in the dumps. Yeah, you're the two good example, weeks, mate. And we're back in business. You we're know who's turning it around, mate? You, mate. This week, you are. And you know who's turning it around for me? Andy McGrath. I'm looking at you, mate. 200. Manifest. I believe in you, mate. 200 is on the cards this week. Imagine if the big fella... <laughs> even 100, I would be stoked, mate. I'd be so stoked. I, wa- I want to share this funny stat that I sent to you before the round started. With our listeners, in order for Andy McGrath to get his average up to what Dacos was averaging and therefore be, you know, like an equal pick to Dacos, before the round started, so this week he would have had to have scored 302. (laughs) (laughs) Just to get his average up to the Manifest that shit, cuz. He can do it. I said it to you, I was like, I said the stat and I was like, I think he's got it. It's happening. Records (laughs) are made to be broken, mate. Andy McGrath, 302. Maybe he's a hold, mate. You know what I think? <laughs> Maybe he's a hold. We can manifest and create a new destiny for Andy just with our positive vibes, mate. Just get the train going for the entire week. <laughs> <laughs> we just, 
have to. We just have to try harder. It's our fault. It's, it's our it's fault. It's all on us. We just, we just have to believe more. We weren't positive mm. enough and we started too late. That's That was the problem. That was the problem. Yeah, we're making up for lost time. Lockouts just lifted. We have to start this minute now <laughs> for next week. <laughs> And if this right. doesn't work, then it's done. <laughs> One more chance. Come on, man. Andy McGrath, 302, and you, you survive in my team for next week. Well, th- that, maybe maybe this will be a good segue, cuz. That, that number would be slightly different now. Yeah, because, even, even more. Yeah, it would be. But 350. Yeah, I think, what, 320. Oh, oh I want to say 321, I reckon, would be the number this week. I'll work it out and I'll post it on our Twitter. Excellent. Excellent big brain moment right there. 321, um, Andy McGrath. It's happening. That might segue <laughs> segue us into a new segment that we were thinking about debuting this week, which is <laughs> a bold predictions segment. Bold prediction this week is Andy McGrath's three... 321. 321. No, my, uh, let, let's actually come up with some realistic predictions. I was being dead serious. You, mate. Oh, you I don't know what you're talking about. Sorry. Yeah. Yeah. You're a believer. I am, mate. Um, do you want to hit us with with a realistic prediction that you've got for this season? All right. I've, okay, so I've got a season-long bold prediction that I've written, and it's kind of been informed by form of this weekend, but also what we thought in the preseason. My bold prediction is that Dom Sheed averages 90 for the rest of the year and becomes an awesome mid-priced option. Wow. I don't hate it. You don't hate it? I don't like it. Is it because he burnt you? Well, he did burn me. I, I wouldn't. I don't know. I need time to think about it. You've dropped. You've dropped a <laughs> bombshell, mate. Okay, so let me just run you through it. Dom Sheed has averaged ninety plus. Sorry, ninety plus twice in his career. Ninety five plus once, and then an eighty nine another time. So he's got the runs on the board in previous seasons. He did have a slow start to the year, but after a couple down games, I kind of said to you that I think the slow start is based on how much footy he's actually missed over the last twelve months gets injured, comes back, does a 111. I think we can just expect to see a lot more 90-plus scores. Like, the CBAs are up. His tog is going to increase slightly from what it was this week. Dom Sheet is a, a solid AFL player with bulk CBAs. I just can't see him really going below 90 personally. Um, but it is a bold prediction based on the way that he started the year and, you know, the, the fact that he missed the entire season and everyone's selling him, no one's keen. Dom Sheed bounce back. It's happening. I, I think he'll be good. I, I looking at looking at his stat line. I know we talked about it before. It's more promising, <laughs> isn't it? Seven tackles, five marks. I think that's exactly what you'd want to see to suggest that he's going to turn it around because he's always had the CBAs this season when he's been playing. Um, I think my fear with him was that Eagles were trying to play really fast at the start of the season and he wasn't getting amongst the junk. But I think inevitably the game slows down as the season goes on and guys like Dom Sheed can just start to accumulate. I think that's what he does best. Yeah, I agree. And West Coast are also looking far, far slower and worse than they well, were Well, that's exactly it, yeah. So the, the, the original concerns about Dom Sheed are maybe no longer there. So you, I, I'm kind of on board with you, but I, I'll, give you, I'll give you 85. Nah, he's going higher than that, I'm telling you. Personally, I, I want more. I want a I get, higher bar for Dom because I reckon he's doing more. I guess because we're calling it a bold prediction, we'll stick with 90, 90 plus. We'll, I'll take it. I'll we're drawing the line there. So this this is the other thing just quickly. When 
in his best seasons, he's still been inconsistent. Like in the year, the most recent year that he averaged 90, he dropped a 58, a 47, a 67, 76, 74, 56, 57, 65. Like he's, he's never been a guy that's just put up good scores consistently. It's always been inconsistent. Like I said, I think he just had a slow start to the year based on his time out of the game. And the 111 in, a, in his first game back is just a great sign. So he's someone that I'm looking at bringing into my team possibly this week. Um, but yeah, Dom Shade 90 plus. That's mine. What's yours? Hit me with yours. All right. My bold prediction is that Tim English will be the newest pig by the end of the year. Legit pig? Legit pig. Or rock pig? Well, <laughs> is it the rock, same thing? Is it? A rock pig is still a pig. He'll be a pig. Whether they call whether he gets crowned a rock pig or a pig pig, well, he he will be crowned a rock pig. No. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. It's I guess you kind of have to. I don't know if the traders made the distinction between pig and rug pig because Grundy wasn't nah, on like th- the pig level, or nah, just, I think because it was just because he is a ruckman. Yeah, it's, it was just his nickname, and I, I maybe they assumed it would never happen again. I I don't know, but, but either way, we we don't know the rock pig v two. Yeah, rock pig v two, the new and improved rock pig. Listen to these scores, mate. 115, 117, 111, 145, 123, 129, 99, and 151. I feel like most players, they come out firing. Like you see, after two or three rounds, there are a handful of guys that are averaging 120 plus, and then slowly that average starts to dip down. And then the ones that have really had a great season probably end with like a 110 to 115 sort of average. But Team English... The average is just getting higher and higher. We're eight rounds in now, and he's averaging 123.8. We're starting to see that ceiling from him, which we in the past we know he's had a big ceiling, but I feel like there are a couple of really, really, really monster scores around the corner for him. He's actually had a really hard draw to start the season. Now he's coming up against some easier opponents. I really, really think that this guy is going to start really churning out some big scores. He's as consistent as they come now. I really think he's going to like be a 125 guy this year. Yeah. Okay. So I actually agree with you, but my only real big concern about English and the reason that I, I think we might not see him become a pig by the end of the year is I don't know if he's got that big ceiling that the pigs have. Even Grundy, like the thing that got him over the line as a pig was his 181 that he dropped on the Giants in his second year of, averaging 120 plus that stat line he had 34 disposals four marks a goal nine tackles and 48 hitouts for his 181 i just i think the lack possibly the lack of hitouts maybe limits his ceiling like we've seen a 150 and he's you know dropped 140s in the past but is he a guy who's gonna be able to does he have a 170 ceiling a 180 ceiling? i reckon he does mate he had 40 hitouts this week and only 23 disposals yeah but we know he can get more than 23 disposals 40 hitouts this week against someone flynn and like no disrespect to flynn but he's not really an afl like standard tap elite tap ruckman who's gonna be super competitive and like he's competitive a lot but i can't really see english racking up you know 60 hitouts in a game or like regularly hitting 40 hitouts in a game unless he has a run of just luck with like opposition rucks getting injured or that's just that's the concern is just like he might not have that ceiling absolute ceiling where like all the other mm. pigs have 180 190 ceiling games but 
I don't think English has that anymore. I reckon English can easily push a 165. I'd love to see it, man. He's oh, in my so, team. <laughs> so would I. But he's not that far off it here. He scored a 151 this week. That's 14 points off a 165. Yeah, and he was dominant. Look, I think if you saw a 170, and I think he's I think he's capable of a 170. We've got, we've got a new ruck pick. I, I reckon. Th- the other thing, though, is that... So Grundy had two seasons of low 120 average. Yeah. He did a 120 and then a 122, which English is doing just under a 124 now. But the other guys who got crowned from like one year of piggery were doing, you know, 130. Like even Titch in his... He did a 127 a 120 when he got crowned. Yeah, 127 and then a 129. Yeah. But uh, yeah, English would have to bump his average up like well above 125 to get I it think this year. That's, but if, if he's at 120... an enormous like piggery 180 score. I think if he's at 125 by the end of the year, I think they're crowning him. I'm I'm intrigued to see. I would love to see another pick in the pen, but Me I too. it could be it could be a next year decision if he's doing low one twenties. Yeah. But my bold prediction bold, is that man. he gets it this year. It's bold. I'll take it. I'm I'm keen to see. We'll, we'll review these. I'm sure yeah, at the we'll, end of we'll the year. We'll keep coming back to them. Maybe we'll do a bold predictions pod at the end of the year. Yeah, maybe. And we can look back and <clears throat> chuckle at ourselves. Yeah, but or, what or I'm in- marvel in our wizardry. <laughs> But what I'm envisioning for this segment is that every week we come in with a prediction. Sometimes it might be a season-long prediction. Sometimes it might be just like Josh Dunkley is going to drop a 40 this week or something, you know, and then we review it <laughs> next week. <laughs> we, just, we just see how our predictions are tracking along as we go. I'm excited. I'm excited. Excellent. Excellent. All right. So let's move into our final, final segment of the podcast this week and we will just want to quickly review how our trades went this week and what we're thinking about for next week so cuz talk me through your trades from the week man i am absolutely chuffed at my trades and we have okay we haven't done this segment i think for a couple of weeks now and i wanted to bring it back so i could gloat be one of those people who i roasted in hot bakes a few weeks ago who talk about their trades once they've popped but i traded jinbi and cowan this week to fiorini and atkins Bask, bask in the glory, lads. Terrific stuff from Fair and Atkins this week. Both just immediately justified the choice. Atkins was just over rookie priced and is averaging 94. B is super low. Both should stay in the team. It just, it feels good. It was a good week for trades. What about you, Kels? Congrats. Those are great trades. Thank you, mate. Myself, I did a similar thing, except I didn't grab Atkins. I grabbed Chincotta. So I went Jinbi to Chincotta. I was a week late on that, but rectify the mistake. It's all good. And then my second trade was Fergus Green to Braden Fiorini, which I'm very happy about because I was tossing up which rookie to trade out. Um, you I made the thinking, right call. I was thinking sure. maybe Philippu, he had more money on his head. I would have a bit more money in the bank to play with for this week. But Philippu went on and scored a 70 Made a little bit more money. And Fergus Green... Scored six. Six. Zero, six. One digit, six. And he dropped 25K as well. Yeah. So I ended up making the correct move financially. <laughs> <laughs> and um, so I'm pretty happy about it. It wasn't wasn't like a massive payoff reward points-wise, but I improved my team a lot and I'm happy about it. So Very solid trades, mate. We basically yep. basically neck and neck. With the trading game yeah. this year, yeah. this week, sorry, I would say. Chincotta has been awesome. Just so good. Just quietly. We could have given a, a pump up in the, in our the good, the bad, and the ugly segment. We didn't, but 70 plus in all three games as a rookie. And I think he's done his job security. No harm. Um, he just looked great on the weekend. Put up some good stats, like was taking intercept marks. Solid stuff, Chink. 
Yeah. Solid trades. Cuz. Yeah. Thank you, mate. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah, I think the strategy we've been um promoting the strategy of just like getting rookies off no matter what. Um, the last probably three weeks, it's it's that time of year just to make sure you're keeping up with the progression of your team. If you have underperforming mid prices, you kind of miss the boat on the opportunity to get rid of them. It was time to cull those rookies. Um, and it's been a pretty successful strategy, really. Yeah. And I think it's been pretty common to sideways trade those rookies too those really, really underpriced guys that could maybe do like a 70 to 85 type average. Um, your JJs, your Fiorinis, your Atkins, and pretty much all of them have popped except yeah. for Chase Jones. Yeah, so the ones that pop, and I think there's a pretty decent track record of this being true, is the guys that have like prior AFL form, like Rory Atkins even, who sort of came out of nowhere this year and hadn't had any form for the last few years has like four seasons of averaging around the 80 mark. So that's like pretty consistent AFL form, you know, that indicates that he can be a solid player. Um, like we know, we know what Fiorini's done in the past. Like he's pig tendency. We've talked like, about it lots. Yeah. yeah. Like he's done a hundred plus at different, different points throughout his career. JJ has been like an 80 plus defender multiple times. And then even starting picks, guys like Jaden Hunt, who has AFL form and an average low 70s before. We kind of saw him as being a great alternative to a rookie pay, you know, 80K more than rookie price. And he's averaged 80 for the year. Been an awesome pick. So time and time again, we see these guys pay off. If, if you're someone that's cash strapped and you identify someone who's maybe only marginally more expensive than a rookie um, and you're confident in them, then go for it. 10 times out of 10 because more often than not we see even if the pick fails and the points aren't where you want them to be the price still goes up because you know these guys get to get to being so cheap it's just a winner it's a dead set winner and it always happens there's a few guys that are around that price now as well or like like Perryman and Sheeta two examples who they're a little bit more expensive than you know Fiorini was last week but they're guys that you can trade rookies up to it'll cost you 50 to 100k and they're just going to be so much more consistent. They're going to have a higher ceiling, put up better scores, and their price is going to get on the rise as well. So, Yeah, it's an excellent strategy. Keep moving on those rookies. Just quietly, another one who could be a sneaky option if he starts getting full games, Jared Lyons. He will be under 500K next week. And this is a guy who averaged 90 last year and 117 two years ago. So if he gets starts getting proper games and isn't the sub, Jared Lyons, be on your watch list, people. I, I want to play devil's advocate with the Jared Lyons. No, you don't. Yeah, I do. <laughs> I definitely do. Because I, I would do it. I'd launch into it if there's some sort of long-term injury to one of Brisbane's main midfielders. Yeah. Neil, I, it's Dunks, the, exactly. McCluggage, Ashcroft, or, or, Barry, any of those guys, if they're out for like four plus weeks, yeah. I'd launch into it. But if, if Lyons got named for a full game next week without an injury to one of those guys, like, Say they just decided to drop McCluggage or Barry for a week. I wouldn't launch into Lions because he might get one full game and then just be sub again the week after. Yeah, not straight away. That's the thing. Mm. Like because his beer is it's still one fifty. Yeah, you want to see a game first before you launch or hear some you know news that comes out of Brisbane that one of these guys is injured or even Fagan to say, now nah, Lions has been in good form in, in the VFL and we want to give him an extended run. Mm. That would be enough for me. But because his beer is so high, you wait wait another week. He gets to 
low 500s, maybe even under 500 if he's the sub again. And so then, cheap, man. Yeah, it's ridiculously cheap it's, for someone it's like crazy, that. crazy, crazy scenes. Imagine if he if he plays like 10 games as the sub this year and is just, just like gets rookie, rookie price next year. Dirt cheap. Or, <laughs> you know, plays a couple more games as a sub and then, you know... We don't want to. We don't want to talk about injuries. We don't want injuries to happen. But Dunks does a little. Yeah, <laughs> Dunks does a little shoulder or something, and you know has to miss six weeks. Lions comes into the team. Yeah, you're getting a guy capable of putting up primo numbers. I don't think he would put up primo numbers now, but ninety plus, he could. He could easily. He do could. It. Yeah, and he's cheap. Yep, and he'll be even cheaper. Yep. All right. So, look, just to wrap up our trade. Talk. What are you thinking for this week for your team? Um, I am wanting to move on Andy McGrath at all costs, to be honest. But maybe he'll score three twenty-one, and we we it'll be all happy Rosie, vibes, man. Yeah. Yeah. Nah, look, Andy McGrath. I'm very keen to move on, and Setters. I'm kind of looking at maybe McGrath and Setters to Hewitt and Sheed or Perryman, and just getting very weird with it, but. I guess sense would would have me downgrade a rookie and then upgrade Setters or McGrath to like Tala Mills, who's underpriced. But I just it depends how weird I want to get with it. It's it's a funny one. It feels it feels sideways. Uh, like listening to it and just like envisioning the team at the end of those trades, it feels sideways. But it does. I think I reckon both those guys. I think McGrath that is an upgrade. I would call that an upgrade. 100%. But Setters. Setters on a wing though. He's averaging like sixty three in the last two weeks. I guess I guess it comes back to yeah what we we're talking about before. The role change justifies you trading someone over a rookie because he's basically been dropping rookie type scores. Yeah. Last week he scored a fifty four. This week he scored a seventy. Same as Philippu. It's like he's plummeting in price. And the thing is, you can you can quite easily upgrade him to someone like Andy Brayshaw. Um, you know, uh, Adam Chera, someone like that, yeah. and, and get a massive, massive upgrade but on the other end and it not cost too much. Yeah, the reason I'm keen on Hewitt, though, is because him and Setters are, like, basically the same price. Hewitt's coming off a 124 and a 90, but in both those games, he was the highest CBA getter for Colton. Like, that is... You're going from a guy who's sitting out on a wing and dropping bad scores to a guy who's in, like, back in form now... There's excuses for his poor scores early in the year because of the broken hand, which also was part of the reason why he was getting low CBAs. CBAs have gone through the roof. Tog is up. It just seems like a, a great option this week. It could, it could be a very, very good trade. What about you, Cuz? What are you looking at? Similar thing. Getting rid of both those guys. I've had enough of Andy. He's not coming good. Yeah. Um, <laughs> he's cooked. The 321's not manifesting. It's not, yeah. I'm, I'm d- I've given up on that dream pretty quickly. Um, wow. So I'm going to trade him to Atkins because I think Atkins is still very much a play at his price. Um, The break-even is very low. And as you mentioned, there are some Gold Coast injuries in the back line. So I think he has some decent job security. He has that nice buy that I like. So he ticks every box for me. um, And at this stage, he's outscoring uh, Andy McGrath. So I would like to make that trade and put the money on top of Setterfield's head and get someone that I know is a season-long keeper, but try and find some value there. And I'm looking at Andy Brayshaw. Yeah, love it. That's just solid trade. It feels like such a massive move. Like Andy is a VC, C option every week. um, Now that he's passed his, you know, his injury concerns that they were talking about, that niggle in his his knee. Man, it's, 
it's such a no-brainer for me. Like Andy Brayshaw is such a gun. I'm, I'm really keen on it. Love it. Beautiful stuff. There's not much to say, to be honest, mate. Atkins is the best, I think, the best money maker at the moment. So jump on him as soon as you can. Yeah, him and Jim Cotter. And then, yeah, yeah, bring in a guy who is probably a top four mid in Andy. So yep. Andy Brayshaw. Yeah. Love it, mate. Love it. All right, excellent. I think that wraps us up for our round eight review podcast. Um, we hope you guys smashed it. We hope you had a good week. Um, stay on top of the news for round nine. You know what to do. It's important to stay on top of it. Um, and all the best for this week. Check us out on Twitter at the cousins pod at the cousins pod. We do all our best work there and yeah, good luck for round nine. See ya later. Thank you for tuning in. Kiss your cousin. Kiss your cousin. Kiss him on the lips. Kiss your cousin. Kiss your cousin.